broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond Cotton, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He is efforting Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. She'll be joining us in a matter of minutes to talk about her piece that she put out on NFL.com. Six ideal player team fits based off win, uh, wins, save, uh, project, projections. So uh, we'll see what Cynthia has to say about that piece that she put out on NFL.com in a matter of minutes to get a tweet from Cisco said, Ben, listening, at this point, I would much rather see the Raiders draft Anthony Richardson ahead of Levis. Way more upside. It's not like either rookie would start full-time year one regardless. Here is my rookie quarterback rankings as of now. Stroud, one. Anthony Richardson, two. Uh, Bryce Young, three. And Will Levis, four. That's according to my guy, Cynthia, uh, my guy, Cisco, excuse me, on Twitter. So I definitely appreciate that tweet. Now, joining us on the phone lines is Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. And Cynthia, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. You ready for free agent frenzy on Sunday? Oh, you know it. I love free agency. It's so funny because people get overpaid and get crazy and people think everything's completely different. And then like five minutes later, it's the draft and we think everything's different again. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it seems like every step of the way, whether I'm talking to you at the Super Bowl or the Combine or here, it seems like everything is always different, right? Every time we talk, something's different. (laughs) Always. The NFL never sleeps. That's the thing, right? Like, People are like, what do you? What's your off-season plans? I'm like, well, you let me know when the off-season is, and I will tell you what my plans are. <laughs> Man, I know that's right. That's that's what I do. I look at the calendar and say, yeah, I got about three days that I might be able to get a little rest and relaxation in before we're back <laughs> on the grind. But Cynthia, you put out a great piece on NFL.com that I just had to talk to you about. Six ideal player team fits based on win share projections, and this is really taking the analytics side. And I'm not I'm not the analytics guy. I don't d- deep dive into the analytics but you do a fantastic job with breaking it down so what's kind of the formula that goes into your mind when you're putting this all together yeah so some of the things that i take into account are basically like the style of play the cap space available the other players of the team that are there or not there and what they'd be able to get in the market because the reality is is like of course you could put together like this amazing super team with every good player, but that's not how the cap works and you can't put every player on every team. So some of these cap casualties they'll have to end up somewhere. And it's it's kind of a fit of like where where is the stylistic fit? What would drive the most wins if you put them on a specific team in each year and it kinda play matchmaker with each one. Right. That's exactly what you're doing, playing matchmaker. And let's go ahead and start with the, the matchmaker that everyone's been talking about and really kind of pegging to the Raiders, and that's quarterback Jimmy G. You have him in this piece, 4.2 wins added for the Texans, but the Raiders were right behind the Texans at 4.19. So what am I missing on Jimmy G, Cynthia? Because I, I keep hearing this name and I keep thinking, what am I missing? Because I just don't see it. Well, the thing about Jimmy G that people kind of they sort of forget is that you know, look, he had a really good O-line, and he had a very, very good um, set of skill players around him last season. But you've seen him evolve to be, like, the guy who executes the game plan. 
So there is familiarity there between he and McDee, so you're between him and the coach, which is a good thing because you, that shortens the time that someone has to learn an offense when they're already familiar with what the like, central thesis of that offense is. The second thing is, is you've seen in this past season, you know, he was able to throw the ball faster, but his yards per attempt went up. Now, some of that is yards after the catch, but other things are an, a, a mastery. It kind of shows like a mastery of what the offensive game plan was. And with a good running back, or in his case, like several great running backs in, in San Francisco, that really helps create the potential for play action on every down, which was something that on intermediate passes using play action, he was nasty at. And that's what the Raiders are really well set up to be able to do this next season, assuming that they do spend some of their capital, and and I say capital not necessarily meaning just money, but also draft capital on helping the interior of the O-line. Yeah, that needs to be uh, definitely upgraded. Of course, they have a strong run game with Josh Jacobs. I expect him coming yep. back. Uh, he's on the franchise tag right now. So, Cynthia, with this you know, formula and, and Jimmy G, how much of it uh, factors in the fact that he gets injured every year? Yeah, you know, the funny part is every time, like, you know, like look, like the injury, we, we can't necessarily know injuries, but every many quarterbacks have different injury profiles. I don't know with rookies. I can't tell you what their injury profile are, mm-hmm. but you do have, like, like every quarterback, I mean, you're in Vegas, things are handicapped, right? Like, so <laughs> right. the reality is, is we have, like, a pretty good history for Jimmy G and how many games and how many snaps that he can play. And, and also you have to take into consideration that the Raiders do a very masterful job of picking their backup quarterbacks well, not just be, from what we see on the field, but also because of, you know, the, the practice squad. You have to have, like, a really smart backup quarterback because executing the stuff that backup quarterbacks do is really important. People, people kind of forget that, but it's, it's very important. Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, I want to take it over to the defensive side because a player that you did have projected to go to the Raiders and he would add 1.13 wins is Jordan Poirier out of Buffalo. But the player right underneath him, Jesse Bates, why do you think Poirier would be a better fit for the Raiders rather than Bates? Well, to, to, to be honest with you, part of it was if you have, like, now that I, so I, I, I go in order of positional priorities. So quarterback was a, is a higher priority position than safety. So you take that into consideration. So then I already slotted in what a potential salary is for Jimmy G. And then it left Jordan Poyer, who actually has the second, like that, he has the highest win share for the Raiders. Now, if you put Jesse Bates on the Raiders and you do a different tax at quarterback that's less expensive than Jimmy G, because Jimmy G actually is probably less expensive than some of the other options, but the reality is, is you know, Jesse Bates would add, I think, 1.14. So Bates, they're both really great fits, but there's a sweet spot for guys who are about 30-plus. They actually get underpaid a little bit more often than guys that are under under 30 years old. There's mm-hmm. a belief that they're at higher injury risk, et cetera, but I, there, there isn't really, like, a lot of evidence to back that up. In fact, for the most part, you're getting a better deal on that. So the point is, is in this case, you're getting two great players to change the, the, the math for the Raiders in one offseason, one free agency period, and then still have the draft as opposed to just one. Another player that I want to ask you about like that you had on the list, last year we were pounding the table for him, James Bradbury. <laughs> you know, he had that unfortunate yes, we play were. <laughs> in the Super Bowl, but he is right at that sweet spot of being at the age of 30. Do you think that he's going to see a lot of suitors when free agency starts? 
I do. You know, the interesting part about corners this year is that it, this is actually a stronger draft class mm. for defensive backs than last season. Not necessarily saying that, like, look, like, you've got to put Soft Gardner aside because that's one guy, right? Like, so we're talking, like, there's, like, a, a few different flavors and types of corners and even safeties or corner-ish safeties, like Brian Branch, is he a safety or corner? We don't know. But, like, you know, there, there's a few different flavors, and it's a deeper class. So it's kind of like, okay, well, Bradbury will have a lot of suitors, but they're all going to feel like they got a really good deal. Bradbury is probably, like, one of my favorite, like, most underrated players. He's a, he's a very strong, like, he's never going to be, like, like, you know, Jalen Ramsey, like, where you're seeing him, like, talk all this trash and, like, just be, like, so excellent in first. But he's never, like, the, the floor on him is so high. And I say that, like, not to say, like, I'm not using that in the pejorative at all. Like, that's a very, very important characteristic for a corner. You know, and speaking of James Bradbury, he was on the Eagles that played in the Super Bowl. The Eagles have a lot of free agents, Cynthia, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Do. What do you think their team looks like next year? When I mean, they can't re-sign everybody. I mean, the good news for them is that the positions that they're, like, really, like, it's really their defensive front, right? Like, yes, they have some corners that are up, but, you know, they have a corner that matters that's up. But their defensive front is, like, you know, where they're going to probably be able to realize some some return on, you know, they're figuring out their cap situation. And the good news for them is where they're picking in the draft, especially since other teams need quarterbacks, they've got enough draft equity that they're probably going to be okay. Like, and, right. it's infuriating if you're not an Eagles fan, right? You're like, come on, why do you always get all of the good defensive front players? But I think that they'll prioritize Javon Hargrave coming back and then figure out kind of some of the other pieces. They may fall a little bit by the wayside, but I think I think Har- I, I would be surprised. It, it'd be hard for me to imagine them not bringing back Hargrave, but but if he for some reason if they don't like that's good. <laughs> that's a great steal for any team. Right, absolutely. Again, Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network is our guest here on Red Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. I wanted to go back to Jimmy G real quick. Is it at this point in his career where he's just a bridge guy no matter where he goes? Like, he's not the four-year starter uh, moving forward anymore? You know, I don't know. Like, because, like, I think about Geno Smith, right? And would you have ever, like, imagine what we were saying about Geno Smith this time last season, right? And and while I think, like, look, Jimmy, Jimmy G did something that I think especially Raider Nation probably really appreciates, and that is said nothing. He has just put his head down. He's gone to work. He's dealt with some crazy talk about him, some feelings. Like, I mean, other people would have felt incredibly disrespected. But look at the deal that the guy that used to be your quarterback just got and the expectations there. And I don't think people would say that Jimmy G is like much of a fall-off from that but for maybe a few more injuries. But I, to be honest with you, I, I think he's done everything right. He has so much respect league-wide, and he's a really strong and capable court. Like, I think whoever's getting him gets a steal. And, you know, look, we just got all those reports of, like, you know, you know I think he's going to end up shaming people into getting better training situations, right? So perhaps now there's a way to – maybe he finds a way to stay healthier. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's tough, but maybe, maybe that's what happens. Maybe. The, the second player on your list was Frank Clark. The Chiefs aren't going to be bringing him back, but you have him to go to the Chicago Bears projected to add 1.5 wins. Do you think that teams are also going to factor in all of that playoff success that he's had? Absolutely. I think the thing that's interesting about him is that 
you know, he's got to stand with Chris Jones. And sometimes, like, when you're, when you both are really, really good like that, like, it makes individual stats look worse. And the reality is, is like, you know, his pass rush rate was really good. Like, I mean, like 17th among edge defenders, like a 9.2 pressure rate. Like, like this is, sure, the sack rate wasn't there, the exact sack numbers, but you've got a number of rushers. Remember, they had like nine rookies starting in the Super Bowl, and one of those was George Karloftis, who maybe didn't get a sack, but he was able to generate pressure. Plus, you have to remember, what was he asked to do in that Steve Spagnuolo defense? So the, the thing about Frank Clark that's interesting is they really just had to make a decision between he and Chris Jones, and they chose Chris Jones. Like, that's just, they would have kept both of them if they could, but they couldn't afford both of them. So the number of double teams and, like, the number of times that he's accounted for is a big deal. And it's interesting, like, Bears fans have been, you know, Bears fans have been, be like, Mixed reviews because they're very, you know, Bears fans are, are, are a tough crowd to please, right? But, they, you know, mixed reviews. We want them, we don't want them. We want them, we don't. The reality is, is, you know, they'd be lucky to be able to get that production. Plus, Ryan Poles came from the Chiefs' brass, so they do actually know a little bit more about him than other teams, and that potentially could lead to, again, bigger payoffs, bigger returns. And remember, Eberflus is a defensive coach, so you're going to have all these things working in his favor in that in that pairing. Speaking of teams that what can or can they not afford, the Tennessee Titans. It seems <laughs> like they are releasing everybody on the team that makes more than the rookie minimum. Can you tell he's a Titans fan, hey, let me Let me get this off my chest real quick. <laughs> my question is coming soon enough. If they're trying to release everybody, if there are reports that Derrick Henry could be on the trade block, why don't they just get rid of Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I wrote an, an article before saying, like, like I like the I will say like Rand coming in there and like like look like this is the you get a new regime you get to clear some bad contracts you have a coach that's immensely respected and knows what he's like clearly knows what he's doing so it's you know it's like I I don't know like I do know that quarterbacks you know don't grow on trees and you can't just go pick one out of nowhere but I feel like that like the 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 process of that contract is just it's not a very great contract for them. It's a lot of money to be to be spending on a guy who, you know, he was just injured too. So, I mean, I'm I'm a bit confused about that. They well, I guess we'll have to see, right? We'll have to see how it all plays out, but I mean, it seems like they're really invested in in cleaning house and figuring out a new like strategy shift, but I can't imagine a world where you know, Derrick Henry is on the chopping block, but, you know, in some way. But, I mean, obviously they want to trade him to get equity for him. But, like, you know, but somehow Ryan Tannehill is, like, safe. You know, like, it just seems strange. Does it make sense? No, no, it doesn't make any sense at all. We'll see what they do in Tennessee. I think Derrick Henry probably should be safe, but we'll see how it all shakes you out. You think we'll... so? Right. That's exactly, exactly. I would think so, which means that I'll be 100% wrong because that's exactly how <laughs> it shakes out. Right. No doubt. Well, you're on Free Agent Frenzy uh, coming up on Sunday. It's going to be an all-day affair on NFL Network. Uh, before I let you go, is there any free agent that you're really looking forward to seeing where they end up next week? Can we please just get this Aaron Rodgers drama over with already? Like, because I think that the the amount of money that that's holding up in the marketplace, I feel like it just in general, right? Like the if then scenarios that all these teams are building in based on where he goes. Like, can we just like let that happen so that the rest of everything can fall into place, please? I'm Deal. ready. 
Deal. I'm, I'm with you. It seems like it's the Jets against the Jets, but, again, we'll see how everything is going when it goes with Aaron Rodgers. A lot cause... of drama. Watch him stay in Green Bay. I just feel like it's going to be a lot of drama, and then he returns to Green Bay. I don't Absolutely. know why. I have no – I'm not reporting anything. It's not like – I'm just. it's just like a gut feeling of, like, really, after all that, it's going to be Green Bay. Oh, yeah. No, that's the Aaron Rodgers way. It's, it's nine times out of ten it's going to be Green Bay when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. So I'm expecting it to be Green Bay, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Well, Cynthia, fantastic work. Great piece that you put up on the dot com. I had to get you on the show to talk about it. Thanks so much, and enjoy Free Agent Frenzy. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to speaking to you soon. Absolutely. We'll see you in Kansas City, I'm sure, at <laughs> the NFL Draft. That's coming up. There's Cynthia Freeland right there from NFL Network. She does a fantastic job. Again, she put out the piece on the .com, on NFL.com, that I definitely encourage you to go check out. Just fascinated. 2023 NFL Free Agency. Six ideal player team fits based on win share projections. Jimmy G, again, she had at 4.2 wins for the Houston Texans, 4.1 for the Raiders. Frank Clark, she added 1.5 wins for the Chicago Bears. Jacoby Myers is the receiver from uh, from the Patriots. 1.36 wins for Tennessee. Uh, Jordan Poyer, as DeMond mentioned, for the Raiders, 1.13 wins added. Jesse Bates, uh, 1.12 wins for the Atlanta Falcons. And James Bradbury, the guy that we all pounded the table for last year, and it didn't happen, 1.02 wins for the New England Patriots. So definitely go ahead and check that out. Lots of good stuff from Cynthia. Always appreciate her and her time. 419 is the time. When we come back, your calls, your texts, plenty to get to. The Raiders have made official a couple signings of their own guys. We'll talk about that next as well. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Lots of good stuff from Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network. Join us in the last segment, breaking down win totals for uh, some veterans that will be signing free agent deals next week when free agency opens up. We threw the question out there to you. Out of the Raiders' free agents that they have right now, as they've signed a couple guys today of their own, who do you think that they should re-sign before other teams have the opportunity to go out there and uh, offer them a contract that potentially could lose those guys? And uh, got a lot of good feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, and you can hit us up at any time on that text line. But I uh, did want to go over this real quick. The Raiders sent out the email. Uh, the Raiders have re-signed uh, Amir Abdullah and Natani Muti, the guards. So two guys of their own, they re-signed Abdullah. We talked about him earlier in the show, the running back. Uh, but then Muti, a six foot three, 315-pound offensive lineman, fifth year in the NFL, second season with the Raiders. Uh, after joining the team in week 15 last year, uh, he was originally selected by the Broncos in the sixth round of the 2020, 2020 NFL draft and has appeared in 20 career games with four starts. So uh, they obviously haven't signed any guys that are big names. That are big-time difference makers, but a couple of their own guys, they resigned right there. So uh, definitely want to hear from you. Got a few minutes left in today's show, about, well, 35 minutes, so we can get some calls in, we can get some text in, whatever the case may be. Again, 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Q&D, happy Thursday, gentlemen. Not going to lie, but I'm stressed out here watching this San Jose State uh, versus Nevada basketball game during today's show. All I want to say for now is that I hope DeMond is able to take Kayla out for a nice dinner tonight at Joe's Seafood while using the 920 AM Raider Nation Radio gift cards on his date. LOL, Sir Whiskey Ray. There you we go. Have those? I, I didn't even know. Well, one, I didn't know that they had those gift cards. And two, I didn't know you and Kayla were going out to Joe's tonight. 
He knows I, a lot more than I don't know, but if we got those 920 Joe's gift cards, hand them right over. Man, I'm trying to tell you. Look, if, if we got some gift cards for Joe's, man, let me have them. I need that. I need that in my uh, <laughs> I need that in my arsenal, man. That's that's big time right there. Uh, I got a text for the 559. We need a mobile quarterback. Look at our division. Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson. There's no room to be a pocket passer with a hole at right tackle. Jimmy G is a pocket passer. We need someone who can make plays with their legs like a Richardson. How many times we watch Mahomes say, damn, we wish he had a mobile quarterback? No on Jimmy. Keep money and Stidham. Build defense. Draft Richardson at seven. So what do you think about that, Damon? No on Jimmy G. Just start Stidham. I heard JT talking about starting Stidham a lot throughout the course of his show from noon to two earlier today on Red Nation Radio 920. What do you think about that and going and drafting a guy like Anthony Richardson at seven? Yeah, I do believe in the Anthony Richardson of it all because of having a mobile quarterback. We saw in the Super Bowl that you had two mobile quarterbacks, one that could run more than the other, but two quarterbacks that could scoot out and get you some yards if need be. When it comes to Anthony Richardson – He's the guy that I'm praying that he's there at seven, but I don't think he is going to be. But is that Jimmy, your guy? Is, are you in on him now, or is that your number one dude? C.J. Stroud's the number one dude. Okay. And I think Bryce Young is the de facto. Uh, is C.J. Stroud a better passer? Yeah, probably, but Bryce Young's got the better resume. Uh, like He's just projected to be number one. You know, I think it's more of, hey, he won at Alabama more than is he better than C.J. Stroud and the height concerns. But when it comes to Anthony Richardson, yeah. what he did at the Combine, right. the potential factor, right. the fact that he calls himself Cam Jackson, the combination <laughs> of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. I like that type of confidence. Where the NFL's headed, if you can't get those other two guys, why not take Anthony Richardson? And no on Jimmy G because of the fact, how many more wins are you going to get if you do sign Jimmy G? To like, I'm not, if I'm his agent, I'm not answering the phone if you ain't talking $30 million at least. Right. So well, what are we doing? It feels like he's really, I mean, and, and when we were talking to Cynthia uh, Freeland about it, you know, she wasn't sure, but it feels like he's at the point of his career now where he is a bridge gap guy only, right? And, and she brought up Geno Smith, and that's what we thought about Geno, and then he went and had a career year and got a, a nice little contract extension. I'm interested, though. Where is Jimmy G at? Like, is he just a, a, a Band-Aid for every team he goes to, a one- to two-year guy? Because, look, if he goes to Houston, like Aaron Wilson thought when he talked to him, he's pretty sure that they're going to sign him to a one-year deal. He's not going to play all year. Whoever they draft is going to end up taking over the reins. If he goes to the Raiders, I don't think he plays all year. Whoever they draft, if they draft someone, will end up taking over. And on top of that, I'm sure he's going to get injured. So, at the very least, Jared Stidham will come in. But it feels like Jimmy G is really just a bridge guy at this point. I know that he probably thinks in his career. I don't know where maybe he would need that right situation, but I don't think that right situation is out there. And when it comes to how much he'd get paid, maybe it'll be, you know, how the Ravens are trying to see with Lamar. Hey, go test the market, and we'll see what you actually can get paid. Maybe Jimmy G, I said his, his agent shouldn't answer the phone if they're not talking about $30 million. Maybe after week one, nobody's talking $30 million. And then he has to, and then, you know, it's, it seems like, hey, nobody's offering $30 million. Right. Some, somebody's saying at least twenty three. Uh, uh, if 23 is the highest offer, but I don't think that it's going to happen for him. But for him, you say that bridge quarterback, I'm trying to think maybe the closest guy we can think of is Alex Smith. You know, he had the situation in the 49ers. Got to leave, go to Kansas City. All right, they bring in Patrick Mahomes. Got to leave, and then you go to Washington. But when he went to Washington, that was still before the traumatic injury. Right. The fact that, hey, you're going to be our guy. Right. So I don't know what Jimmy G, <laughs> I, I hate to think that the league's turned on him so fast, but maybe he is that guy. I don't know. Uh, just when Wendy hit us up on the Dobbybroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. Happy Thursday, Q&D. It's Make-A-Wish. Time for Raider Nation. My wish uh, list for keepers. Offense, Stidham, Hollins, and maybe Illuminor. Defense, Perriman, Harmon, Teamer, 
and maybe Rocky Yassin. A few others I hope stay on the roster, but I'm sure Morrow is going to get a contract as a tight end one somewhere. That's from Just Win Wendy. That's talking about uh, you know their own players, the Raiders' own players that uh, she's looking for them to re-sign. And uh, I found that interesting when it comes to Foster. I'm not sure what the market's going to be for him. I'm really not. It's going to be the same as um, Cynthia said about James Bradbury, where the draft class is so so much higher yeah, when it comes to that true. position. So if everybody's talking about Darnell Washington, he's probably going to be a second-round pick, maybe if a team doesn't reach for him because the tight end class is just so bountiful. Where well, I don't right. think Foster Morrow, no team is going to be you know just clawing over each other to say we need to give this guy a big money contract well you know it's funny man uh talking about darnell washington and we've been kind of paying a a lot of attention to him and obviously him being from vegas that's one reason but also he's just such an intriguing guy uh daniel jeremiah from the nfl network he put out his top 50 list he put out his top 50 uh, nfl draft prospect rankings 3.0 and darnell washington is up to number 22 he's up two spots from where he was last time at 24 so i thought that that was pretty interesting uh, he says about Darnell, a traditional inline tight end, massive physical specimen with outstanding play strength and toughness. He could power through press coverage with upper body strength. He uses his long stride to build speed down the seam and provides an enormous, tar- enormous target for his quarterback. A little clunky getting out of breaks, which limits his separation. However, it doesn't really matter because he could use his big body to shield off defenders. He has some wild contested catches where opponents just bounce off his frame after the catch. He's shockingly fast and nimble. He's a dominant run blocker as he latches on to and displays defense and displaces defensive ends with ease. Overall, Washington has tremendous value because he functions as a sixth offensive lineman in the run game, and he's a moving billboard in the pass game. That's from Daniel Jeremiah uh, on the, from the NFL Network. He has it up on uh, NFL.com, uh, ranking the top 50 prospects 3.0. So uh, it sounds like to me Darnell Washington is really climbing the boards, man. And the more and more he does, and, of course, Georgia's got their pro day coming up as well. I'll tell you, seeing him in Indy up close to personal, that dude was a monster, just an absolute monster. You stand next to him and you're like, whoa. <laughs> You're a big, big dude. And, and I think Daniel Jeremiah hit it right on the head when he said he's a sixth offensive lineman, but he's also got the ability to catch the rock. He looks like, I mean, he looks like he could be almost a skinny offensive lineman, right? And I, I say that with all due respect because he's not skinny. He's just not the size of your average big old offensive lineman. But, man, where Darren Waller struggles to, to, to block, I mean, he tries to block, but he's not a very good blocker, Darnell Washington would dominate at the blocking position and allow uh, Darren Waller to kind of be a little bit more free and do a little bit more where he doesn't have to stay in and block. I like that one-two punch right there. That's kind of sneaky on my wish list uh, going and getting Darnell Washington. I don't know when he's going to be available. I don't know how the board's going to fall where he's going to get drafted. But if the Raiders were to come away with Darnell Washington in the draft, I think that would be an awesome combo between Darren Waller and Darnell Washington. Yeah, after that review, he ain't going to be there at 38. I'm sure he won't. I'm sure he won't. But you never know. Again, you never know how the board shakes out. But Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, our AdobeBroke.com text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. We'll go ahead and go out to the phone lines real quick. Who we got up, uh, Damon? Stove. Stove. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, uh, first, start off with a big, big attaboy to you guys. 1927 Yankees today, as far as guests go, with with Ted, who is always awesome. Oh, man, his, his phone's cutting out, Devon. Have Stove call us back, man. He was he was giving us some love. We'll take a quick break. Have Stove call us right back. We'll get him right back on. Your phone was cutting out, Stove. Hit us right back. We want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. We'll take a quick break. Come back with Stove. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. 
Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, our adobebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We have reconnected with our guy Stove. Welcome back to the show, Stove. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, technology bit me. I was, I was trying to give you guys your flowers because today's guest lineup is like the 27 Yankees. You guys have killed it today. From, from Vinny and Ted is always awesome and Aaron and Ted, I mean, it's just the, the depth of coverage that you guys have given us today is absolutely spectacular. And uh, I want to make sure that you hear it loud and clear uh, because we really appreciate it as Raider fans. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate being able to do that, the opportunity. So, so, uh, you know, I'm – I'm evaluating this this draft every three minutes, you know, like or the or the, or the free agents quarterbacks, you know. It's like okay, I'm into Brady. All right, all right, I'm on Team Brady. Let's 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 go get Tom Brady. Oh, well, let's get, go get Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, Jimmy, you know, wow, Lamar Jackson's available. Like it's like it's never it's 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 uh, it's never stopping here. But yep. one thing that kind of hit me yesterday is I think there is a real scenario. For the Raiders to end up with either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. And it's going to take, obviously, trading draft capital. But if the Bears move from one to two, which is very possible, right? uh, Houston wants to get the quarterback that they want. They trade something to move up from two to one, and they take Young or they take Stroud. Well, if the Bears want the best defensive player on the board, they're going to take him at two. They're not going to risk by trading down again. Mm-hmm. Arizona's got a brand-new general manager, and if the Raiders are willing to throw him the seventh pick and maybe the number one next year, he may bite on that. And if, and if Young goes one and a defensive player goes two, Stroud is there at three. Or if Stroud goes one and, and the defensive player goes at two, then we could take Bryce Young at three. It, it sounds you know, far-fetched that the Raiders can move up that much, but to go from seven to three, I think, is a real possibility. And as long as the Bears don't trade out of the one or two spot and let a second quarterback go there, I think there's a realistic chance that, that if the Raiders want to pay that price, right. we could end up with Stroud or Young as our quarterback. I like it. I like it. That's deep thinking right there. And Stove, before you go, hold on. Don't hang up yet. Hopefully he did. He yep. didn't hang up. Yep. Before you go, my man Vegas just wanted me to ask you, why did we call you Stove? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. When I, when I was growing up in San Diego, I was a ball boy for the San Diego Clippers, not the Los Angeles Clippers. And a, and a gentleman by the name of Lloyd Free, who the world now knows as World Beef, yeah. called me Stove. Because he, because he said I was a warm kid on the inside. I was about 12 or 13 years old at the time, and Lloyd Free gave me my nickname. And, and, at, and at 12 or 13 years old, I got the necklace that, <laughs> that said, the gold necklace that said stove on it, because that, wow. that's what we did back then. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm sure it was 10 carat. It wasn't 24, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> but but uh, being a ball boy for, for a professional basketball team was – Unbelievable! I was I was literally underneath the basket for Magic Johnson's first game in the NBA when Kareem hit an 18 foot sky hook to beat the Clippers at the buzzer, and Magic jumps into Kareem's arms. This is after Game One, and Kareem says to him, "Youngster, there's 81 more of these." So um, uh, I was blessed to have an incredible childhood, and. Uh, 
Uh, a story for another day, but my dad worked for the Raiders when they were in Los Angeles. And uh, uh, I was incredibly fortunate to be at the game in Tampa when, uh, when we destroyed the Redskins. And uh, um, let's please figure out a way to return the silver and black to glory because that is a long time ago. Wow, that's awesome, and thank you for sharing that story. And there you go. Hey, that's why I would be stove too. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks for the call. And there you go. Vegas Jess coming in clutch right there with the question. And it's funny because Jess has asked me that multiple times. He's like, Q, don't forget when you talk to Stove next, ask him why you call him Stove. And every time I forget, so when he had to call back, Jess hit me. He was like, don't forget to ask Stove why you call him Stove. I was like, done. I got you. That was a great story. And I'll tell you this. Me being the guy that I am, if my name was Stove and I had been a ball boy, I'd have been like, well, because all the players on the team called me Stove because I was always hot. Every time they let me shoot the ball, I was hot. I was on fire. <laughs> I was cooking. I was a stove. But, no, what a great story. That is fantastic. I mean, who who has – how many people do you know World Be Free actually gave you your nickname, right? I mean, that's a hell of a story right there. Wow, that's – and then to, to have the Magic Johnson and Kareem story, that's fantastic, man. And, that hey, Vegas Jess, great. Thank you so much for asking me to ask that question because I would have never asked if Jess hadn't asked me to do that. So that's good stuff. Great to hear from you. I think I'm going to walk off now. I think the show's over. I, I know we got like 15 minutes, but I'm just going to go ahead and call it a day. What else I got to prove? <laughs> That was great stuff. World be free. And now I'm on his basketball reference page. That season that he's talking about, average 30 points a game. Well, so was Stove, was, Stove was there during the prime of the world be free era. Stove was on fire, man. I'm telling you right now. That's a, that's a new respect right there for that man. But, uh, man, that's, that's good stuff. I do like it. And I do also, getting back to Raider talk, I do like what he was saying about a way that possibly the Raiders could end up with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I do think that that's quarterback one and one A, you know, depending on who you are and what you like. But uh, I can see it if it plays out that way. And, look, the the reality of it is for the Raiders to go and get a quarterback, even maybe Levis or or Richardson, they're going to have to do some moving, right? I don't think that one of those guys is just going to fall to them at number seven. Maybe one of them is available at seven. I'm not sure. But there's a good chance that just because so many teams are quarterback needy, they might all be gone by seven, so they might have to move up. So Stove is talking about, you know, swapping the, the seventh pick with the, the Cardinals pick and, you know, giving up a first round next, next year. That might be something that they have to do, right? I mean, I've thrown the story out there or thrown the, the, the situation out there of, you know, what would it take to go get Lamar Jackson? Well, at least two, two ones, you know that, but you do know what you're going to get with the proven commodity. And, again, I don't think that that's a possibility, but uh, like I told Vinny in the first hour, there's no, there's no harm in asking. You know, I mean, a lot of people are like, Hugh, why should, you shouldn't be on this, this train and this campaign. I'm not. I'm, I'm on a campaign to pick up the phone and just make a call. I mean, that's the, that's the worst that could happen is they say no. It's kind of like when you're, you're looking for a new job and the job that you want to go to is not hiring, but you call them anyway. Hey, man, <laughs> are you hiring? <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> no, I'm not hiring. All right. Well, that's cool. I tried. Right? At least, <laughs> at least I got on their radar. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So... Uh, it's, it's, it should be interesting. I'm so, I wish, and I've, obviously I don't know, I wish I could just jump inside the mind of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and know exactly what they want from their next quarterback and just know if that guy is there. Because there's many that will tell you Will Levis is the guy that, that Josh McDaniels desires. Some will tell you that's the mobile quarterback. Like when we talked to Ted, he was talking about Anthony Richardson. He thought that that was more of the guy that, that Josh McDaniels was looking at. I think C.J. Stroud is really a guy he'd like to see. I just don't know if he'd be available just because of his accuracy. CJ is so damn accurate. Like, how could you not like that guy? 
right? And and just again going back to the combine, how effort effortless it was when he threw the ball around the yard. It just it just it almost made too much sense. I think he really kind of put himself at quarterback number one coming out of the combine. I know that a lot of people think that if the Raiders move up, you might have to give up next year's draft pick too. But with now that we know the 11 picks that they do have in this year's draft, how much do you think that they would have to give up just in this year's draft to, let's say, move up to number three? Oh, man. Because I've got something in my – I'm thinking – Okay, tell you, me what you're thinking. Yeah, you sw- obviously swap the first pick. You know, they're going to pick at number seven. Okay. Give them the second and give them two of the fives. I don't know, for what, three spots up in the draft? I mean, if you already know who you're going to get, or right. if everybody's so quarterback heavy, right? And if you can get Will Anderson at number seven, if you know if he's able to fall there, you know, because it's such quarterback heavy, I still think that the, for the Cardinals, I don't know who they want, but maybe that guy that they want, he's already going to be there, still at seven. Okay, so seven is worth fifteen hundred points on the draft the draft chart, right? Number three is worth twenty two hundred points. So if you have to give up one hundred and twenty percent of the capital. To go get that quarterback, that means that you're, you know, you're looking at almost a thousand, almost a thousand points you've got to make up. So, what are you looking at there? The number thirty-eight overall pick is worth five hundred and twenty. The number seventy overall pick worth two forty. One hundred eight is worth seventy-eight. One forty-one is worth thirty-six. One eighty-two is worth seventeen. Um, where else? How come it didn't? It didn't give me all my Raider picks. I'm sorry. I messed it up. Oh, that's why. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I was it said it, I was it said to click on on the team and instead of clicking on the team I uh I was punching something in. Obviously I was doing it wrong. Let's just put it like that. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. All right. The Raiders. Okay, pick 7 is worth 1500 like I mentioned. Pick 38 is worth 520. Pick 70 is worth 240. 108 is 78. 141 is 36, also in round 5. 144 is 34 and a half points. Then round 7, 221 is 1.4 points. 232 is 1 point. So if you have 1,500 you're giving up for, for pick number 7 and they're giving you 2,200 in return at pick number 3, I would think that if you've got to make up 1,000, I think that you would have to, I think you'd have to give up next year's first round pick to satisfy them. Because, again, you're hoping that you're not picking at number seven, and so it looks like it could be a, a, a ransom, a, a king's ransom right now. But maybe if you're picking in the 20s, like say you're picking at even 18, that's only 900 points, right? So maybe maybe you can get away with that. Maybe that's not rich enough. Maybe you'd have to give the next year's first-round pick and this year's second-round pick, right? I mean, because, again, you've got you've to be able to make up for that. So um, it's – it's a lot, but I don't remember who called yesterday and said that winning winning costs. It costs it costs money to mm-hmm. win. I'm okay with that. If they if they feel that their guy is there, if they're 100 percent sold on this is our dude, he's going to take us to the next level. He's going to be the guy that we could coach up and uh, help take this team to where they need to be and have their quarterback of the future that could compete with Mahomes and and uh, Herbert and also Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, obviously he's older, so he's not going to be around forever, but. I mean, and, and who knows if he's going to be right or not, if Sean, Sean Payton's going to get him right. I think, and this is what I heard at the Combine, I heard that he's got next year to prove he can be the guy, and if not, he's gone. That's what, that's what I heard at the Combine. And there's, like I said, a lot of conversations going on at the Combine. They said Russell Wilson was going to get one more year, and I think if you look at his contract, he could, they could probably get out of it after one more year and make it kind of clean 
He said Sean Payton will get rid of him if next year he's not more successful. That's just what I heard, like I said, at the Combine. So take it for what it's worth. I mean, that could have just been conversation or it could have been, you know, reality from folks in Denver, which it was folks in Denver that I was talking to when we were talking about it. So we'll see what happens. But you've got to be able to come away with a quarterback at some point that can compete with those guys. We know who Mahomes is. and We believe we know who Herbert is. The rest is, well, it's kind of up in the air. But, you know, Joe Burrow. Josh Allen, whoever ends up in Miami, if it's Tua, healthy Tua or someone else, who knows? Lamar, I'm sure he's going to end up back in Baltimore. I don't know. What, what, you got that intrigued look on your face. What's going on? No, I'm looking at Russell Wilson's contract right now. Just put it up on SpillTrack.com. Yeah. But 124 guaranteed at signing $50 million signing bonus, or I, that would be. What's the out, though? When's the out? When's the out where it's okay? I'm looking at the potential out is at 2026. Ooh. So uh, they would still have to keep him for two more seasons. What's uh what's the what's the dead money after uh next year? So going into 2024 or after 2023. 2024 85. Oof. 85 million. I don't see how they can get they can move on from that. Yeah, it's this is a doozy of a contract here. Yeah, I don't know how they move on from that, but that was the conversation uh, that we were having at the combine. Matter of fact, hell, Benjamin Albright was talking about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind throwing it out there. Benjamin Albright was the one who was talking about it. I don't need to be secretive. It's not my information. It was yeah, his. He's very vocal. <laughs> he's very vocal on Twitter. I'm right, sure exactly. If you, just, if you just tweet at him, he'll he'll tell you himself. Exactly. So there's that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, that that's that's going to be something. But again, I mean, that's their problem, right? That's not the Raiders' problem. The Raiders got to find. Uh, they got to find an actual you know, an actual quarterback that they can compete or feel like that they could compete with, uh, no doubt about it. So there you go. Let's go back to the don'tbebroke.com text line. We've got a few more minutes left in today's show. Uh, this is Sir Whiskey Ray. Tomorrow we won on the tomorrow's game for San Diego State. Please root for us. Sincerely, San Jose State Spartans men's basketball. How about that? Yeah, I'm rooting for them all the way because if they can beat San Diego State and then if UNLV gets past, hopefully, UNLV's in action tonight at 6, yeah, right? so if they get past Boise, I, it's like, basically, if San Jose State wants to do the dirty work for us, more, they're more than welcome to. <laughs> All right. They want to chop go. down the Giants, and then, you know, we just clean up San Jose State when the time comes. Thank you. All right, that'll work. I ain't mad at that. Hey, man, whatever way, whatever way uh, you can you can get the job done, right? Take all the help you can get. I'm all right with that. Uh, Jim from Yonkers hit us back and said, Cam McDaniels coach a quarterback that does not have Patriot ties. Time will tell. Sign Stidham, get Richardson. Remember the luck of the Irish. Uh, seven, what does it say? This is a little bit of a typo. Seven traded on March 17th. Oh, 17 traded on March 17th last year. Top of the morning to you. LOL. Thank you, Q&D. I didn't realize that. I guess Devontae Adams was traded on March 17th. I didn't realize that. That's, but that makes sense because that was a couple days uh, after free agency started. The free agency started on the 15th. 17th would make sense. There you go. Good hey, Good recollection, Jim. I'll tell you, I was recording a podcast when the, trade, when the news came through. We had already wrapped up this show. I was at the house, as a matter of fact. Me and Chris Carter were recording Locked On NFL. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday. And all of a sudden, we had just started the show, and he said, uh, Q, I think we need to pause. Um, Devontae Adams has just got traded, and he's going to the team that you cover. I think you've got work to do. you got to go. And I literally said, all right, man, I'll talk to you later. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how that happened. That was like live podcast slash recording when that happened. So that was, that was wild. I remember being on the air with Vinny, and I was like, oh, I'm going to hustle up, put up, the pop, put up the first hour of the show a little bit early. And then I get a text. Devontae Adams gets traded, and then I run in the studio, and I'm like, Vinny, look at your phone. 
<laughs> and then, yeah, and it was so many calls. People were calling. It was such a fun day to do be on live yeah. because people were calling as if the Raiders had won the Super Bowl. And I know it's just hey, it's just one player, but right. that excitement when you do oh, get a no. guy who's the guy that 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 like hour of radio we had left was just so much fun of the calls of people basically doing backflips of the excitement of getting Devontae Adams. There's no doubt that I'll tell you right now that was my my most downloaded podcast of 2022 was that was that show was uh, Devontae Adams getting traded. Um, I could actually look at it and tell you right now it was it was the number one show I had in 2022, and believe me, I, I've had I've had some pretty big numbers in 2022. But man, oh man, it was it was massive, just because just I mean it was it was just that important, right? I mean it's like are you kidding me, Devonte Adams. Uh, let's see what did oh, I can't find it now. I'm not doing very well in this. My my network skills aren't very good. My on the fly skills aren't very good. Uh. Let's see. What was that? That was January. That was March, twenty twenty-two, right? March seventeenth, apparently. <laughs> right. Let's just do. Let's just do March first to today. Yeah, seventeen thousand five hundred thirty-eight downloads on March eighteenth. It's called Raiders Go Big and Land the Best Wide Receiver at the NFL. That was the number one downloaded show I had in twenty twenty-two. Seventeen thousand five hundred thirty-eight downloads for that show off the excitement of Devontae Adams. So there you go. That lets you know exactly what he meant when the Raiders made that move for him. Who knows what the Raiders plan on doing a free agency this upcoming year. We'll find out. Well, we'll start to find out on Monday when uh, the legal tampering period begins. Maybe Dave Ziegler will be uh, you know, low and slow like he was last year where everyone thought he was asleep behind the wheel. But little did they know he was doing some big-time work uh, behind the scenes and once free agency opened up then boom he made it happen so we'll see what happens of course tomorrow we'll be back here to close out the week really strong make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate 7 a.m to 10 a.m Vinny, heidi and clay jt at noon and of course myself with demand we'll close things out two to five on radio 920 have a great evening <laughs>